You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. You guys, welcome to The Matrix Ball. Today is our content creation and I have a book that I want to share. It's blowing my mind if you haven't heard of it. It's called The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. And it is very good. It's on my mind because I feel like content is not what we do as coaches. Like I wouldn't say I'm a content creator, but I do think content is a channel for reaching people and affecting people. I think you can even be coached through content, right? Like transformation. And so I wanted to share this one page that I feel like it's about artists, but I feel like what we do is bring something intangible into the tangible as a coach, right? We do that with our words. We do that with speaking. We do that as we coach. And one way that we do that is with content. And so I wanted to start today with this little, he has these almost like little poems kind of between his chapters. And it's so good. He says, living life as an artist is a practice. You are either engaging in the practice or you're not. It makes no sense to say you're not good at it. It's like saying, I'm not good at being a monk. You are either living as a monk or you're not. We tend to think of the artist's work as the output. The real work of the artist is a way of being in the world. It's very deep. But this is how I think about content. I don't think like, I'm going to go make this post because this is what we do. The way that I think about content is like, this is like a natural expression of who I am because I want to be someone who is a catalyst for other people. And one of the ways I do that is through content. Some of the ways I do it is like a group setting like this. A lot of what I do is coaching 101. And so for me, this isn't just like, how do we do copywriting and words and verb tenses and structure, all of that, like it matters. But I wanted to start with that because at the heart of what we do is we're affecting change for people. And one of the vessels or one of the channels that we've created is content, whether that's a podcast, email, posts on social media, reels, videos on YouTube, it doesn't really matter the expression comes from that place. Like, this is who I am. The reason I don't think I've ever struggled being consistent with content is because of that. Like, this is just who I am. I can't not share something that I think will be helpful or something that's on my mind and heart. And so today is a workshop. So I'm not gonna like talk the whole time, but I wanted to start there because I think when we start with the foundation of the heart, I think everything starts to fall into place a little bit better. Like, remember why we're doing this in the first place. I don't know about you, but I have people that like, I read everything or I listen to everything that they put out. Some of them I've never paid before and they've changed my life. And I remember starting my business. I'm like, I could be that person for someone else. I could be someone where they wake up and go to my Instagram and hope that I posted something or they wake up on Friday and go and see if I uploaded my podcast and I don't even know who they are. And that's cool to me. The likes and the virality and stuff like that doesn't resonate with me as much as like, there could be someone that's like, changing their life based on something that I say, or like that insight. And coming from that place, then we can get into copywriting and who am I speaking to? And does it resonate? Does it make sense? And all of that stuff, all the details that come after that on why you're doing this. This is who I am. So that's my little spiel. (laughs) Hopefully it gets your heart and mind in the right place for the conversation we'll have today. This is a workshop. So I just wanted to put it out there. If you come and get what you need, you feel free to leave. You don't have to stay. If you'd like to see other people work through their stuff, that's fine too. I know for me, watching people get coached and work through things is valuable. So that's how I see it. But if you need to go, that's totally fine. So I'll just do it kind of basically how I do hot seat coaching. Like if you have something you want to bring, 
It can be about your emails. It can be about launch sequences. It can be about sales pages. It can be about any type of content that you are putting out as a creator. So does anyone want to go first? Anyone have a burning desire to come on and talk about their content? I'll go first. <laughs> you know, let's do it. Okay. So I just wrote out like three quick posts after our call, kind of like what we were talking about. So I did like coming from that place of not explaining. I don't know. Could you look at them? Give me feedback. Yeah. I'm um, going to read them out loud if that's okay. okay. These are like literally, I just wrote them so quick. So it's, that's good. So in this book that I was referencing, he talks about how I content or art is like a seed. So I see these as like little seeds and some of them will grow and some of them won't, but our job is yeah. just to nurture them. That's how I see it. Okay. First one, stop analyzing and be in your life. Remember who you are. You are a freaking powerhouse. Remember this and don't act accordingly, but be accordingly. I was trying to scroll. It's so funny. You think you need to do more, but you're already doing. You're committed. You're in it for the long haul. So relax. Live your life. You really do got this. You've simply forgotten how powerful you already are. Yes. Take the last see. one is not done too, by the way. Okay. You don't want to be convinced or explained to. They, they oh, sim- I, that's you simply yes. want to be invited. Be invited. Yeah. Remember who you are. Remember the miracle of coaching. Then shine your light, trusting that. It's not done. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. These are all the seeds. So for some context, me and Anne just had a one-on-one call. And just so that this makes sense to more people, we identified that you might be speaking to the wrong person. And I really want to draw that out for the rest of the group, because sometimes we accidentally write to the people who have the most objections, the most problem, the most doubt and skepticism of what (laughs) you, instead of what I challenge Anna to do is to go into her imagination, pure potentiality about the person not someone I know, but someone I could imagine that I would love to work with. And that's who Anna's practicing writing to. So are these post ideas, Anna? or what? Yeah, they're all different ones. And then the other question I have, like when I do something like this, should I put in a call? Like I am someone that's like put a call to action almost every yeah. single day for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should stop doing that so much. I don't know. I don't know what you think there. With I think I'm going to ask you to go back into that fully booked energy that we talked about. We had the clients. How would you invite people into your world? Just like an invitation. Like reach out if you're interested in chatting. I don't know. I don't. Don't just, like, relax. Don't analyze it. Just like as you already had the clients and the calendar is booked, but you are always planting seeds and you know that you want more. Right. That's the abundant way to sign clients. You do invite them. How do you invite someone if you already feel like you don't need anything from them? You're just inviting them. I would say something like just reach out if you're interested. But then it's like, do they know? Here I go analyzing again. It's like, what if they just found me? Do they even know that I'm a coach? And of course, they could scroll back and like find that out. But in my experience, you're not writing to the person that just found you. When I think about my ideal clients, I'm like, they already love me. You know what I mean? Like, why not imagine that person is like, oh, I've been following on social media for six months. Exactly. You're right. And it's like I'm shifting from doing more of the educating to just speaking to the people on the level of so wanting who I want to coach, like this deep, inspired person that wants to It's okay to educate in our posts, but you're not educating about why they should hire you. So you might be educating about or limits, or limiting beliefs, or abundance, or some of the things that are in your wheelhouse. When you're selling, or when you're inviting, they already know what you do. You're just saying, do you want this? And I think a better call to action for you might be selling that free call that we talked about. 
Like if you'd like to experience deep coaching with me, send me a DM. I'm opening up spots in my calendar. And I'm going to do another round of calls. And I love what we talked about. Like the pure it's just like what I love. And it's like, why not do that? And maybe sell more in my stories, like with then. I, I like having it in multiple places so that mm -hmm. it all makes this cohesion, right? Like if they read my post and then they see my stories, they know I'm talking yeah. about this free call. Yeah. I like that. And I think you might play with calls to action, you know, join my email list, sign up for a free call, like this photo or like this post, share this with a friend, tag your friend, like lots of different calls to action, not just work with me one-on-one. Feel safe to say yes to a lot of different requests. There is no if. I like that, Jules. But okay, is it too, when I'm looking at it, it's like. So I can go in and tell you. Educating like. But this last one, I would not say you don't want to be convinced or explained to as you simply want to be invited. I would say that's how you are operating and thinking about them. So you can get rid of those first two lines. Mm -hmm. And you might say something like, if people aren't remembering who they really are, what are they experiencing? Just doubt. And they're not trusting their innate power, the innate abundance. And one of yeah. the words that you identified is like overanalyzing their life. So you might start something with like, if you feel like you've been overanalyzing your life, if you're feeling stuck or frustrated or just generally anxious or whatever, however you want to explain that, there's only one thing you need to remember. Remember who you are. You can add more or not. I think of content like an accordion, right? You can make it short or long. You might explain like, when you remember who you are, you're tapped into your own power. You're not trying to be like anyone else. You're not comparing yourself to anyone else. And that's the miracle. Or something like that. So it is a little bit more of still relating to like, not a problem, but just still relates to like where they are. Yes. Even though it's like, I see them as powerful and yes. they understand the power of coaching. You're speaking to the person who gets it. If you think about it like a garden, I'm like full of metaphors today. <laughs> yes. And like, there's tons of like berry bushes out and you're like, Looking at all the berry bushes, you're not going to be like, look at this berry bush. It's not growing fast enough. There's no berries. But do you want coaching? Like, let me make you ready. You're looking for the people who are like, there's this juicy blackberry, like ready to be picked. They know who you are. They know what you do. Those are the people who are ready for coaching. It doesn't mean that we don't speak to these people who are maybe less ready. We still nurture them. But I think if you're making a post to sell coaching, you have to speak to that person. If you're creating a post to build a relationship, so that might be something that we start with is like, what is the purpose of this post? Why this post? Is it to nurture your whole garden or is it to get the juicy blackberry who's like, pick me? Yeah, I love it. Like I share this story a lot, but one time I went on my stories and I didn't caption it and I just used my voice and I was like, listen, I'm speaking to a very specific person. If you are listening to this story, and you watch all the way through, I know you're very interested in what I have to do. I want to talk to you. I have two spots for private coaching, and I'd like to invite you onto my calendar. It was the first time like I put an intention out and like the thing happened. Yeah, that's cool. I think the I reason that it worked is more interesting than just like, oh, cool, Amber, it worked. The reason that it worked is I found the Blackberry that's like ready to be picked. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I figured out a way to speak right to the person who was interested in what I had to say. So I think that's why you have to know what is the purpose of this post. 
Is it to right. nurture a relationship who might be ready for you in six months? Or is it someone who's like bursting at the seams, ready to hire you today? Because those are two different experiences. I know. And I feel like if I look back and like look at my content, I am more educating. I'm like nurturing the whole garden all the time. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. If you see that, like when you read my stuff, it's like, this is general again. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. And it's a lot of explaining coaching, which I do want to get away from. Yes. Because the people who are ready for coaching, especially the kind of person you want to work with, they don't need to Imagine if you and I got on a consult about one-on-one and I was like, well, we sit down together once a week and we talk for about 60 minutes. Like you'd be like, I get it. Like, stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. you are this Barry that's ready to be coached. That's who yeah. you speak to. People in their power, people who know you, who get what you do. Okay. There's no explanation. It's just inviting. Okay. I definitely want to do more of that because I feel like that's where I want to go. I have signed clients directly from one post when I think of it like that, the blackberry versus the garden. Yeah. There's time to garden. I garden a lot. It's not like it doesn't exist. It's just, I know you want to put clients on your calendar. So let's speak right to that person who gets what coaching is, who loves you, who's like thinking about it. Like I ran into someone the other day who's like, I told my husband, I think I'm going to join one of your programs. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to remember her when I'm writing emails that the matrix is open. Yeah. So okay. What and for you, I think... One of the problems is like you're imagining these people who have all these objections and resistance and like, I'm not going to spend money on coaching. You really have to do the work to clean her out of your mind. You're not writing to her. You're writing to this imaginary person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah no Jules. I think it kind of like answered my question, but maybe not because that's what I was thinking. Like if I just show up in my messages as the artist, like from what you read, so I'm not good, I'm not bad. I'm just the artist who yes. painting this tank. Then perhaps I will not be like relatable to my audience. And I don't know who my audience is anyway. So, but then when you said, if I create that potential client who I want to work with, that's who I'm talking to. But do I still like to need to that person you want to work to and then write to her? So yeah, my imaginary potential client mm -hmm. who might not be even in my audience right now. Yeah. So I think there's this balance of knowing who's in your audience, but I write to peer potentiality. That's who I write to. I think in the beginning I used to, like I would imagine someone that I had a conversation with, like I'm going to write a post because I talked to Sarah and she was struggling with her husband. And so I'm going to write a post about relationships right? Because it sparked. That served me as I was learning how to write. Now I imagine someone that I would love to work with and I write to her. Does that make sense? Well, well that relates to me more and makes sense to me more okay. than making it relatable to people and like maybe their everyday nuances or something. That's why like I resonate with your post and I was actually searching for your post yesterday, like oh, what Amber has to say over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> how dare my person Jules <laughs> <laughs> I'm so devastated <laughs> but I was seriously searching for your post because you just have like this thought provoking or because I am in that same resonance it resonates and it just like plants the seed which is why we're working together right like we do resonate but like I'm curious for you to make this about your content do you believe that you resonate with people like is that a belief that you hold 
Maybe I do. What do I believe? I resonate with people. Do you? Well, some people, those people, I do resonate with the other ones. Well, for example, like that's my Mary Kay adventure thing. So, and I went to the conference and blah, blah. And I'm going to be reaching out to this national director who I happened to talk to. And I really connected with her because I used the word law of universe. And she says, oh, can you tell me more? For example. So I gave her more and she listened (laughs) and she's all into that. And I'm excited more to schedule a coaching session with her. Like that does not intimidate me because I feel like she's already in that level and I don't know, beyond the normal routine kind of stuff or something like that excites me more than like scheduling with a normal, so to speak, person who works nine to five and has whatever that actually intimidates me more because I maybe feel like I am different or maybe I'm giving them this like, oh, you know, your thoughts change your life. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that. So I think about this a lot. It depends on who you do the skill for that people perceive it as valuable. And I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law and my sister-in-law were all visiting us. And I said something that I was like, that was so profound. (laughs) And like, they didn't say anything. But I know if I presented it to you guys, you guys would be like, oh yeah. It's like a dumb example, but like, it's true. The person who's on the receiving end of your gift, Jules, matters. And so this is what in the Pro Coach program, I teach like elevate your ideal client avatar. Because when you pick someone who loves what you do, who resonates and who sees the value in it, you might not feel so boxed in. You can be who you are. So maybe this director actually is a better fit for you than some of the people that you've had conversations with recently. I don't know. Well, so if I just like imagine her or someone like her of her caliber. Someone like her and then just speak to that imaginary and see how the algorithm is going to match it up or whatever the universe. See, this is something that I think makes me different too, is I have faith in people. I don't have faith in the algorithm. I have faith that my people will find me. And I think that that's what you're working on believing right now, Mm -hmm. that your people are looking for you. They don't know your name, but they're looking Mm -hmm. for a coach who resonates. They're looking for someone who brings out the best in them. They're looking for someone who speaks their language. That's the first thing you told me when you joined the Miracle Mind. You're like, these are people who speak my language. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. to create that for someone else. So I just basically want to be me and show up as artist as I am. And whatever is kind of happening in my view of the world, that's who I want to attract. I mean, maybe this is selfish, but I'm like, I spend a lot of time with my clients. I have to like them. I have to like our conversations. Yes. That's okay. Not well, like yeah. we have to be best friends, but I think that resonance, like they have to resonate with me and I have to resonate with them. Well, yeah, because then things just flow. And things flow and it works better because you're speaking that same language going back and forth. Yeah. So there is less energy to make it something that's not there because it's just already there. You just yeah. create that. I'm going to offer a distinction. Instead of trying to be something, be you. Well, Yeah. Only new <laughs> because I'm changing every day. I was and like roller skating in my if you go, go back to my content. I'm a different person. Well, like for example, if we go back to my legally blind example, yeah. and then that's my other thing. Like now putting it in the square boxes and the Instagram thing, that's my other like transition. I think that that's like... the difference. I see Instagram like a mosaic or a tapestry. I don't think of one singular post. So instead of getting caught up in that single post, ask, how can this add to the tapestry of me? 
or my thoughts. Does that resonate or does it distract? It resonates visually. I still need to make it practical in the world of marketing. Okay, let's make, yeah, that's okay. We can go practical. So when I have a, a big idea, I'm really conscious of what ideas need to go in long form and what ideas need to go in short form. Because I think the mistake that I made was I was trying to fit really big ideas into a post. But when I started studying yeah. some of my favorite thought leaders, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. They share a micro idea. And that micro idea probably came from a macro idea. So I'm going to ask you to make this very real. What's one micro idea you can take away from your conversation with the legally blind woman? Just one tiny piece. That she can see her success. Successful people see their success before it ever happens. They see it in their mind. That's a post. So it's like, what's the smallest working idea that I can share? Because you could probably write a book. You have a lot to say, and that's not bad. It's just knowing where is it appropriate to share all of that. Well, yeah, that's where my skill, I guess, has to develop and grow because I like to be in the macro phase and then not. not I do too. That's why I have a podcast. Your lives might be a good place until you have a podcast or you could turn your lives into podcasts. Just saying, double dip. But I think having that long form, I think it kind of soothes that soul in you. That's like, I have a lot to say and a lot to share and I go deep. That's why people write books or blogs, right? Because in a post, you have to condense it. I mean, you can occasionally do like long form caption and then in the comments and sometimes people do that. But I think doing that over and over again, people are like, next. I'm looking for that quick thing. It's like, I'm always imagining my client, like, this is so funny, but this helps me. Like this client's probably going to read my post while they're either in the bathroom or in line somewhere. Like that's how a lot of people consume social media. And so I'm just conscious of that. And maybe they'll come back. But like when I write my emails or when I record a podcast, I'm like, that's where I build that long-term relationship that, you know, going in depth with people. Well, so I like the idea of creating my client and the potentiality because I do have them in sourcing from non-social media, but other avenues. <laughs> so, but just use the social avenue is, yeah, a mosaic or a kaleidoscope to paint the colors of my future potential client or present potential client. <laughs> and just imagine that they're reading it. I also like the idea, like, I still think this way. And some of you probably have read past posts of mine that I didn't even know you when I wrote it. I think about that still. I'm like, someone will find this post in three years and they'll resonate somehow. So it's like, I expand my timeline. So it's not just, am I going to get likes today? It's like, is this going to support me building a relationship with someone? But I think the pressure of making it the most perfect post isn't helpful. That's why I like that tapestry because it's more like I'm making a tapestry and making a work of art. Like this post isn't a work of art. My Instagram profile, the whole thing is the work of art that I'm constantly adding and contributing to, to make it better. And I think tactically using that like micro, like what's the smallest working idea I can extract from my life experience and share on Instagram is the question that you're going to be asking yourself now. Yeah, that's where my skill can grow. I also just want to add, Jules, because I follow you on social media, like you're doing a good job. (laughs) Well, you're just saying it because, you know, you have to speak in my power. (laughs) No, I don't have to say anything. Okay, I'm doing a good job. Thank you. I think 
you are hard on yourself. It's not that you're just a high performer. A lot of you ladies are. But I think the thought error is like that gap in the gain book that's so good. You're always looking at the gap. You're not celebrating the gain. So part of what I want you to do is also to witness all the work that you have already done on social media and be like, I'm playing this game. I am the man in the arena, right? I'm putting myself out there. I can celebrate that. Well, I kind of had that conversation because I've been committed to posting practically every day. (laughs) I purchased the annual membership for Canva and I collaborated with a lady from Sweden. So if you see my profile today, you'll see my collaboration post. You already have so many good things going. I think it's good to shine a light on those things too and not just look at where you can improve or what needs to be fixed or whatever. Yeah, I like that framework. My IG Instagram is my work of art. And I can play with it because I'm an artist who plays. Yes. And it's always going to be evolving. If you scroll, you can see my experimental phases. I've never been worried about that. Especially Mm -hmm. if you do high level, high ticket work with a handful of clients, you don't Mm -hmm. need to be viral. You need to resonate with a few people. It's a different mentality. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes. Keep playing. I like that word for you. Playing. Yes, I like that. You're in the sandbox building castles and seeing if you like it and then you can just get rid of it and try a new one if you don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I am personally working on as well. Intentionally scheduling fun and those activities like roller skating yesterday. That was so much fun. Yeah, I love it. You know that in 50 years old, I'll be having so much fun that I didn't when I was a child. (laughs) Yes, I'm like, that's something that you could share. Fun doesn't have to stop. Thanks, Jules. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. I needed to hear that, which I missed that one. What was that in regards the to the tapestry? tapestry. Mm-hmm. That like really, really resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Go into it. <laughs> I don't even know what to ask you. I just feel like I hate all my content. I'm way overthinking everything. I just feel like I just am like all over the place. And I feel like one of the things that I'm struggling with a bit is I have my podcast now that is like running and going, which is awesome. And I have my Instagram content, which has kind of been like where I focused on things. And then I have my email that I basically just do like the bare minimum to email people and stay front of mind. Anyway, I just feel like I don't have a system. It just kind of feels like sporadic. And so I'm like, maybe it can just be like a really messy tapestry. This is so funny. In my heart. Do you guys all follow Rebecca on Instagram? I know Anna does. Can we agree that this looks really pretty? She's a designer, so I think your eye might be a little bit more critical. But like, to me, this is all cohesive and pretty. And you clearly have a strategy and a system that's like cohesive. I'm curious. I'm just going to like pull on this thread and see where it goes. Yeah, I think that you are an artist. I do. Mm -hmm. I think you think like a creative person. And I think what's interesting, and this is your zone of genius, is you bring Mm -hmm. in like your artistic side and like systems structure and you blend it. Yes. And I ask you, what part of you is speaking right now? It's a very good question. I think it's the systems part of me that's like- I want to talk to the artist. Bring her on. Yeah. I would (laughs) say it's like, oh, wait, but let's do this. And the systems person is like, shut up. That's not going to work. I would like to talk to the artist. So bring her on. She's here. What does she want to create? I just want to like flow. Like I just want to create whatever I want to create. And like, 
share whatever's on my mind. And even like, I'll see something and be like, oh, I should design something like that. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't really fit. And so I don't. Yeah, the systems side is like, mm -mm. And I like having some structure, right? Like creativity yeah. loves constraint kind of thing. But I want to be able to just flow. And then sometimes I'm like, I literally don't have anything that I want to say, but I want to like stick to my goal of being consistent. So I like struggle a little bit in that way too. You know what I mean? It's hard because I'm like sharing my own thoughts because I'm in a place where I'm like experimenting too, where I'm like only right. thing if I feel inspired to, which is like a very right. different way of creating content for me. So I'm trying to like keep my own brain out, <laughs> like really hear the artist and the systems in you. I'm kind of curious. To me, artists want to create art for the sake of creating art. There is no end game except for the art being created. That's how I see content. Right. I don't think that's who's in charge right now. It seems like the system structure you is like, but it has to create a one-on-one -on -one client or it has to create yes. a partnership. Yes, because I know that it can if I do it right. And so I'm getting stuck in that. How do you know you're doing it right? When I post something and somebody replies to it and is like, this is it. I want to hire you. And like that has happened before. So that's the measuring stick. Yes. Wow. So how many posts have you made? Let's go. So if all of these posts made a client, how many clients would you have? Yeah, I have almost a thousand. Nowhere close to that. And it wouldn't work. I think also is that you're a perfectionist artist and you're a perfectionist structures person. Mm -hmm. Your brain's not being super nice. I want to like hear it, but also like, but oh, we're taking that with the grain of salt. Yes. I don't know if that's actually good insight. I really have been telling myself it is working. At the beginning of this year, I really started to lean into more of like just being myself, sharing more of what I wanted to share. And like, it's working in the way that I want it to, where I'm aligning with the people that I like and I'm signing clients that I like. I'm just second guessing it. I don't know. I'm going to tell you a story. I just had a call with one of my really good friends. She does Instagram insights. And mm -hmm. I went into the call very open-minded because I knew what she was going to tell me was based on data, which I wanted. I wanted her to tell me data. In the back of my mind, I have different beliefs about content than she does. And so I'm like, I see content as a way to build deep relationships. One of the things that she told me, she was like, your audience really shares educational content, your inspirational mm -hmm. content is probably your poorest performing. And I was like, interesting. Like they love personal. And so anyway, I'm like just filtering through that. That makes sense. Like I want to build a relationship. I've never cared about going viral. But one of the things that I'm working on is reaching more people. So you have to ask yourself, like, what are you trying to get out of your mm -hmm. content right now? And do you have an answer for that? And is it only one-on-one -on -one clients? That's like almost 99% of the time my goal. By and large, that's what I want my content to do. Even your other offers are almost positioned as a way to like, and this is why you need to hire me one-on-one. -on -one. Like I think my, my other like, offers are better at selling my one-on-one -on -one stuff than they are selling not a brand, You should definitely look at Rebecca's brand in a day because it's awesome. But I think even brand in a day is like, this can get you by, but at some point you will need mm -hmm. to hire me one-on-one -on -one in the future. So all of it is this journey. Is your content failing you in that journey right now? Yeah, the thing that's coming to mind is that it's really not, showcasing or talking about my one-on-one -on -one clients enough. 
this is where it gets interesting. It's like, where is Rebecca Peterson's studio brand? And where mm-hmm. is all of the brands that Rebecca Peterson has created? Yes. It gets very meta in that way. But sitting here, I'm thinking like, okay, if my goal is to sign one-on-one clients, and I know this seems so obvious, but this is just now occurring to me. So sorry. I'm like, okay, then I just need to share my one-on-one clients, share the process, share the end results, share their work. Like that's it. Share everything. And that's the system structure side, but it drains the soul out of artist stuff. Yes. So how do we bring it together? I want to blend the both of them. And I've kind of thought like- I'm going to challenge you because I know you can. It might not be out there. It might not be modeled for you, but I know you can. Yes, I know I can too. And I want to believe differently about my content in the same way that you're talking about. Like the data is great. I mean, if you looked at my data, you would assume that my business is a flop because I don't get any good insights. But I really do believe that my content works in creating clients. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with- the saves or whatever. Everything that I think of is like still too structured. Like, well, maybe on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I could share something artistic. And Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I could share like client work. Do you keep rules with yourself? Like, is that something that you do in your other areas of your life? I make a lot of rules for myself. I'm not super good at keeping them, but it's a really good way for me to feel bad about what I do. Yeah. I hear that and I'm like, why do I do this? Like I have some, I call it rhythm. So like I have a podcast that goes out every Friday. That's my rhythm. Content on Instagram, I don't have that same, like, I'm curious. I have like an order of questions, but of Uh like content. The first question for me is not, is my content creating clients? The first question I ask is, do I like the content? Do I like creating content? No. So yeah, until we fix that, because I think the artist enjoys creating content for the sake of creating content. Question number two for me is, is it helping people? If I don't like it, I'm always going to be like having this internal war with my own process. When do you love creating content? This is an interesting thing that's coming up is I used to really, really like creating content. I mean, that's why Instagram is my thing, my hub, whatever you want to call it. Bread and butter. Yeah. I feel like when everybody started saying like, oh, unless it's a video, nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to care. Like I started to feel like my brain has just started trying to think of things in terms of video. And I just, I don't love video. When I'm like creating things for joy, it's never a video. Literally ever. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I just stopped doing video. This is an interesting exercise for you. So I do weird stuff in my journal. The other day I was like in my journal, I was like, what is everyone doing in the industry? And I literally was like, what's the opposite of that? And then I tried it on. Mm-hmm. Are these opposite things, things that I want to try? And you might do the same thing. What do all designers do? Are all of them moving to video? Then maybe you try the opposite. What else do they all do? Yeah, I feel like everybody does these time-lapse videos. I don't know. It's really, you're going to coach me on this, but it's really hard to show the process of what I do. I can show myself designing on a computer. But I feel like what I do is in my mind. That's really where the magic is happening. I feel like everybody does these time-lapse videos, which if I do that, first of all, I can't create anything while I'm recording myself. My brain like just stops. But I do feel like there's value in showing people how things are made. Like it gives some insight into the process, which I think is what makes me unique. 
Yeah. And what's interesting is because I've worked with you, I think what makes your process so unique is it's not just design. It's like strategic questions. It's deep questions. And what's hard about that is like, how do you make that into an Instagram pretty post? How else could you artistically show that? This may not sound that exciting, but this sounds interesting to me. Like actually showing the structure of my process, like the flow chart for lack of a better word, this is actually what has to happen. And there's kind of like this ebb and flow where it's like, we have the strategy and we're working on the design, but they're like influencing each other. I think that would be interesting. And that's very much my brain where it's organized, but there's still an aestheticness to it. So I think a lot of people show behind the scenes in design. I think maybe the way that you show it might be unique. I could see you doing a lot more documenting just from the outside perspective. And I know that this is interesting because you have to border this line of like privacy mm-hmm. in what they want to launch their brand, showing things that can be shown. So it's mm-hmm. a story that could yeah. be you create. Like, let's tell the story. Like, if you and I go back to like when we started working together, like, let's mm-hmm. show the story of Amber Smith's rebrand. And it's like, even in your stories or in a post, like, today we worked on, we went through all the people who are like her in our industry. And we started mm-hmm. to make lists of all these people. We worked through some of her thoughts about blah, blah, blah. Being like this person and not wanting to sound too much like, you know, just like all that stuff. And like you right. share this story. I mean, that's like months of content if you wanted right. to use it that way. So if that feel good, would you like that? Yes, I would like that. I think I get in my head that I have to show everything. Like I can't just tell them what I did. I have to actually show it. And I'm like, well, okay, it's just me sitting at my computer looking stuff up. But kind of thinking of it the way that coaches explain. That is training. where I was going to go. I'm like, you need that's to explain, like, like explain what you do like a coach. Yes, that's exactly what's coming to mind where it's like, obviously there's still certain things I can show, but mostly what I'm showing is like the thought process of it and telling people what that is. Yeah, I, I, I just my ideal client. Like your Pinterest board and come up with your brand. I'm like, that's right. not me. I'm deep. I need yes. to go deeper than just what I click on Pinterest. If you had a process that explained that, you'll probably speak to other people like me who wanted right. to meet them in that more deeper understanding, you know? Yes, I totally agree. This is like a slight departure, but this is something that I've been really hung up on, which is weird because I have literally never cared about my followers until lately. I think I just need someone to remind me, like, you don't have to have a lot of followers to make a lot of money. Because I'm like all in my head about, oh, I'm never going to be able to like scale these offers because I don't have 10,000 followers, even though like I know it has no bearing. I think it just depends on what you're wanting. Where do you want to go? Do you want a super scaled business? I want a somewhat scaled business. I'm going to keep making distinctions for you. Do you want a somewhat scaled business or do you want money coming in whether you work or not? I want money coming in whether I work or not. Do you care if you're not working one-on-one with people? Like, do you want to get out of one-on-one work so that you have more free time? Or do you want one-on-one work, but you're getting paid whether, you know what I mean? Like you have payments. I will never stop doing one-on-one. I just want to up my scaled offers so that in the ebbs and flows of one-on-ones, I have more stability. Do you have anyone modeling what that looks like for you right now? Besides you? I'm more meant like a designer. All designers are trying to get out of one-on-ones. I say this a lot. I think this makes me different than like some of the bigger coaches who coach coaches in our industry. I'm not getting out of one-on-one work. I don't have a plan to get out of one-on-one work. 
And I'm like, that's my plan. So I yeah. don't know what I want. I want yeah. to be rich and anonymous. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. Like a small circle of people that I'm like, I know you. Like I know mm-hmm. all of you on this call. We've had conversations. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like even a limiting belief that I don't want to get on a call and I don't know the person. I coach them. But my preference is that I know them. And I think this helps me make powerful decisions. So that's why I was asking, like, what do you really want? Because I'm like, if you've got three creative partnerships in mm-hmm. the next three months, would you be okay with that? Or would you still want a scaled offer? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there is, like, when I was first saying this, I wanted to be like, just to clarify, I don't want to be famous at all. I think it's mostly buying into this belief that maybe other coaches or Brock Johnson whatever his name is, is like, you have to have a certain number of followers in order to make money through volume. Through volume. Yeah. And if you want to play the volume game, I'm probably not the person to help you do that. But I'm like, I just want like a little bit of volume. I can speak to like a little bit of volume, like the matrix is a little bit of volume. Right. But I think what you're really wanting is like payments coming in when you're not working. Yeah, exactly. And I want to believe that who I have and the number of audience, whatever you want to call it that I have right now is enough for the goals that I have in my business right now. What are your goals for your business right now? I want to sign like four more people into personal brand mastery. That's the one that's like hanging me up. So you need four people. How many followers do you have? Like 2,300. I think four of them want to join personal brand mastery. (laughs) Maybe. But that's the doubt. That's the fact. It's not I need more followers. It's my followers want personal brand mastery. Oh, yes. I'm realizing, I think, like you were saying to Anna, I'm creating or thinking that like people have objections. You're thinking about all the people and like, that's normal. Your brain's like, they might be a threat. We have to think about them. They might say we're not good enough. They might say I'm too expensive. And you're not thinking about the person who's like, oh, should I join personal brand mastery? Like, I really want it. I don't know if I'm good enough to be in personal brand mastery. Having their own problems that you can identify and speak to because you're like, but I'm thinking about the person who's like, I would never pay for personal brand mastery. People bluntly tell me I would never pay that for coaching. I'm like, that's fine. Like you are allowed to think that. I'm not trying to sell coaching to you. Yes. (laughs) Like for you, it's like, I'm not trying to sell personal brand mastery to you. I'm selling it to the person who gets this. I love that. And I don't think from an outside perspective and as someone who's in personal brand mastery with you, I don't think you've spoken to them yet. That's your homework. Write a post to the person who's the Blackberry, not personal brand mastery specifically. Personal brand mastery specifically. Because it's different. The Blackberry for personal brand mastery is different than someone who wants a creative partnership. Write to the Blackberry for personal brand mastery. I love that. I think I can still do video if I want to, but I'm stuck with stop making my ideas fit a specific format and instead say like, what is the format that is inspiring to me or best fits with this idea that I have? That feels like way better to me. I think in separating out what success is, because like I know someone who has a huge following, super consistently, you would think her business is rocking. I coached her at a retreat I went to and I was like, oh, that's not, yeah. that's not what's happening. And so don't mistake followers and posts going viral and people commenting with monetary success. They're very different. Yes. Now you can want both. I don't think it's bad to like want to go viral or want to grow your audience. But like if they're not actually what you want, then it's good to pay attention to creating what you actually want. I would think tenfold of the four people, I bet there's 40 people who are on the fence about personal brand mastery. And so you write to them. I think you're right. 
as if they're ready to make that decision today or whatever you're ready to launch, right? Like that they're going to make this decision. Not one day. We speak to those people too. One day we'll work together. But when you're sibling and you're inviting them today, you're speaking to that person who's like, oh, I really want this. Thanks everyone for indulging my brain. Jane, did you want coaching? Okay, let's do it. So the thing I would love to just like talk out loud about is I'm in the process of converting my podcast. So my podcast is really like my primary vehicle where people find me, people resonate with me. I'm in the process of creating individual web pages for each of my podcast episodes, and I'm turning them into more of a blog post based on that content so that people can find me that way, SEO, all that stuff. I'm kind of going backwards in doing this for my previous episodes. I think I'm at like 33 right now, something like that. So anyway, I'm in the process of doing this. I'm actually using ChatGPT. I'm putting in the transcript of my podcast and I'm asking it to give me a blog post using the same tone for my podcast episode page. You know, like I've really perfected how to ask it. And it's been great. I'm actually coming up with some really great podcast episodes that pretty much are the content of the podcast, but it's more in blog form. So I feel really good about that. But what I've kind of been thinking about Like what I'm noodling on this piece that's just still feels a little sticky is the way I've got the website set up is I've got the embed player for that very specific episode. I've got like, you know, the name and the episode number. And then I have this blog post and it's like, I think there's two things that I'm still just noodling with. I think one is whether I want to put at the top or at the bottom, almost just I don't love the word disclaimer, but it's what's coming to me right now. But just like a little, this blog post was created kind of letting people know that the blog post is based on the content of the podcast, but it's not exactly the same. So I don't want people thinking like, oh, it's exactly the same. It's yeah, like this is not a transcript or something exactly. like that. Exactly. This is not a transcript, but this contains the, I can't come up with just yeah. like a sentence that explains it in a way that really resonates. That's like, oh yeah, okay. It makes sense what this is. And I might also really love to actually hit play and listen to this, yes. you know, in my words and with my stories and, you know, all of that. Do you want it to be so that they do listen to the podcast and I not do. just read it? I do. Because I think the intent matters, right? Like if you just want to like, disclaimer, this isn't the podcast, you know, yeah. I different than what you're trying to do is like, hey, this blog post is a rough outline, but if you want more stories to really hear my voice, listen to the full podcast. This is not a transcript. I'm almost even thinking it's like there's more in this podcast episode than can be captured in this blog post. If this resonates with you, you will really want to listen to the episode because there's so much more. Yes. So I listened to a man named Alex Ramosi and he says... In his podcast, he's like, if you want to watch me teach this live, if you want to see the diagrams, it's the same thing, but on YouTube, go follow me on YouTube. And he just makes a little compelling reason why you'd watch it instead of just listen. You might do the same thing, right? Like I share different stories. You can hear, you know, my tone of voice changes. You can connect with me more personally. I share some things that aren't in the blog post. I guess I could just experiment with it, but I'm just trying to think about it. Does that come at the beginning? Does it come I, at the yes. end? I actually think it should come at the beginning in like okay. italics or smaller font or something. Because yeah. some of them are going to be like, oh, I'll just listen to the podcast. 
Well, that makes sense because literally the very top of the page is the player. So yeah. like if For then sure. I had the player and then this blog post is not a transcript, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then here's the blog post. Okay. And that just feels better to me too. Like, I don't want to pretend that this is the transcript or like, okay. I might offer, you also put links for Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Does that make sense? It's just the Buzzsprout embed. Well, what I could do is I could put a separate link. I do have another link where you can go to that page and find it on your favorite podcast player. So I guess I could put that in there too. Yeah, it would be a lot. But I think for me, I want people to subscribe. Yeah. And so I don't want them to just listen to the embed. I want them to go get it on their favorite podcast player and say, yes, so that we're can. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. You might play around with that. No, it might take a lot of work on your part. So you might just redirect them to your main podcast. I don't know if that'll annoy them, but I wanted to listen to that episode. So if you have the time... I would link each episode to the actual episode in Apple and Spotify. See, and I don't love that because I think there are so many other, like when somebody only links a podcast player to like Apple or Spotify, I don't like listening to podcasts in either one of those. And then I'm just like, I'm not going to do it. Where do you listen to? Pocket Casts. Yeah. That's good then. That's good awareness. Because like I only listen on Apple Podcasts. So I'm like, I hate Apple Podcasts. I hate Apple Podcasts. I think it's slow. I think it drags. It drives me crazy. And once I found Pocket Cast, I'm like, I'm never going back. So well, I'm going to um, try this. It sounds yeah. Amazing. And I think it happened in one of the iOS updates. Um, Apple Podcasts just got like, I hate it. So there's like two or three podcasts where like I literally can't listen to it anywhere else. But if I can get it in Pocket Cast, that's where I like okay. to live. So then so, the other thing that you might just say is like, or listen wherever you listen to podcasts or something like that, just so that they know it's not just on your website. Well, I mean, I have a link that will take them to literally what I prefer is like, here's this link and it will list like 12 podcast players and you click on that. that. That's my preference. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So this is kind of my current project. I originally set up a separate podcast website and my personal website And in hindsight, I really would not have done that. So I'm bringing all the podcasts back to my personal website so that just more for SEO. It's a project, but. It is a project, but it'll be good long term. It will be. And I'm learning so much about ChatGPT. So I love the way that you're using it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I also have, yes, I'll put it in Slack. I'm doing a virtual event at the end of July. And so I have a draft of a landing page for it. So I'd love some feedback on it, but I'll just put it in Slack. Okay, sounds great. I was going to ask you how your husband is doing. He's good. He has a scan tomorrow. My husband had an acute case of diverticulitis that was complicated with an abscess, and he was in the hospital for three days. And anyway, he is very much on the mend. He's getting a CT scan tomorrow. And if it's clear, he'll be able to add some fiber and some like real food into his diet. So he's been eating like a kid for a month. So yeah. Pudding and applesauce oh, and man. mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway. But he's on the men. Hopefully yeah, good news tomorrow. I'll look for that in Slack as well. Thanks. Brooke, did you want to get on and talk about your content or anything? Tomorrow's an Ask Amber anything too. I mean, content related. Tomorrow's <laughs> like deep coaching, anything, but whatever's coming up for you right now from this conversation. No, I'm just thinking about like what's my next step. And I think maybe it's a course and I just don't know. I don't know exactly how to keep this momentum going. 
I'm not as advanced as all of you. I was just talking to Anna this morning and I was like, you've been a coach because she was a physical therapist before. And I was like, you've been a coach this whole time. Like you've been practicing the skills of coaching. I'm going to offer you the same thing that what you do in your corporate career, I bet there's elements of coaching just because I know you. You're not like a brand new person to helping other humans. I mean, I coach a lot of people around me, whether they like it or not. That's good. <laughs> now to the profession of like professional like exclusive to this particular like niche coaching maybe i just don't want you to make it this like daunting thing when it's not i bet you've done way harder things well i try to make everything really daunting <laughs> that's like my goal in life <laughs> i mean it's as challenging as possible right it's like the easiest thing to offer because to me when i started it was not a course it was definitely a 30-minute conversation with people. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you resistant to offering coaching? Do you want to be a coach? Yes. And I knew that. That's why I'm like not going to play around with this course idea. Why are you afraid to offer coaching? Because I am afraid of rejection. Oh, and people like, reject just... your course? But that seems less personal. Oh, it's okay. not like, oh, I don't no, know. If they reject coaching, they reject you. Yeah, that's... Maybe part so of my... I'm going to ask you a question. Have you hired every single coach that you've come across online? You've paid them money? No. I mean, so I wish I could. If I had all the money, I probably would. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's just interesting because we personalize it, right? When we don't pay a coach, we don't really make it mean they're the worst. We don't like them. But when someone doesn't pay us, all of a sudden we're the worst. People don't like yes, us. Yes, totally. It feels very exposed, like putting yourself out there. You know what I love about one-on-one coaching? This is good news for me. I'm like, well, if it goes bad, only one person knows that it was bad. <laughs> That's a good philosophy. It was. It served me really well. I like, went through a lot of coaching sessions because I'm like, well, if they don't like it, they might tell someone, but most likely not. <laughs> okay. I know that you're also trained. You've been through yeah. trainings. I also just know you as a human make people feel really comfortable. Like You have a lot of skills that'll make you a very good coach. Thank you. But your fear of whatever is on the other side of coaching, that's what I think is interesting. I have so much fear. I have a really hard time jumping into things that I actually care about being successful with. So I was just chatting with Jane in chat. She's doing an Ironman and I have done two Ironman, which is kind of hard. But I totally didn't think I could probably do it. And it wasn't that big of a deal if I failed. And so I totally went for it. And it was fine. I was like, yeah, I'm not really an athlete. So whatever. But I feel like things that I want to be successful at and that mean more are just harder to like take on. It sounds like you have some interesting expectations of what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. In your ideal world, but it's okay. Our brains are like little babies sometimes. It's so funny to like bring it out into the light. What do you kind of secretly hope will happen if you become a coach? And if it doesn't happen this way, you're going to be really disappointed. I secretly hope that it gives me more margin in my life, that I can help people and feel really fulfilled, that I can spend more time with my family, that I can contribute to our financial success, like all of those things. Do you secretly hope you can leave your job? Yeah. And if you don't create a booming coaching business, then what? I think... Then I just feel like, well, I'm not good enough. I'll just go back to my thing and whatever. I don't that's know. That's where you're at right now. But it feels safer not to take the risk. Because what if I find out that I actually am not good enough? Well, or that no one likes me. But you won't be in the beginning. And that's not because you're doing it wrong. It's because you're new. 
but it's hard not to be good at something. I have been good at a lot of things in my life and the things that I'm not good at, I just haven't ever done because I know. You know I have enough things that I'm good at. I'll just do those. I know. But it's a sad way to live. It's not you sad. It's really sad. It's really yeah. sad. I don't really want to live like that. But I think my brain tries to make everything more complicated. Like even what Instagram I should tell you to put on the podcast, I, right? I just it was like one, by the way. <laughs> I know you did. And it's totally great because I was like, I don't know, maybe I should create a new one or like all this swirl that is. What do you get? Ridiculous. Making things complicated. It keeps me where I am, which feels yes. safe. Yes. And so it's like this reinforcing loop. Like if it's complicated to keep redoing this over and over again. Yeah. It's so complicated. I don't know. Versus when we make it really simple, like me saying, offer a 30-minute free session, then you are exposed. But yeah. you also might be exposed to being great. I think you're like, I'm going to be exposed as a fraud. I'm going to be exposed <laughs> as like, not going to nice. But also, like, you're giving yourself the chance to be exposed as a coach that can change people's lives. And I'll never know if I don't do it. And I will regret it down the road. So I'm working on I mean, road. when was Katie's retreat? Two years ago when I talked to you? That was last year. Oh, yeah. It's only been like- I mean, don't make it sound like two years have gone by. No. <laughs> okay. My mind's a little wonky. Sorry. Well, you didn't know if your coaching was going to be the thing when we talked, though. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm doing this app thing. Like, there's a lot going on. But I think what I love about coaching is that it can look so many different ways, right? You can do one-on-one. You can do group. You can do an app. You can do a membership. You can do single sessions. Like, there's no right or wrong. It's just like what resonates with you. And I think- what I hear coming up for you is like this all or nothing, which is we all have versions of all or nothing. It's like, well, if I'm not the best coach in the world making $500,000, I don't want to do it. No, like that's not. And I think I also, my personality is not such that I think, oh, it could be anything. I'm like, there is a right way and I've got to do it that way. So I love when you it's talk It's not your personality. It's the way you've been thinking, which means you can change the way you're thinking. I love the gray zone. I refer to it as the great zone where I'm in the middle of paradoxes and I've learned to be really comfortable there. And it's uncomfortable if you've been living your life black and white for a long time, right? There's yeah. definitely a right way and definitely a wrong way. And then you get into entrepreneurship and it's like, oh, there's like actually probably a bajillion ways that will work. Which one do you want? I also think expanding your definition of success is going to be really key for you. Success is not you making enough money to leave your corporate job. That's a one-day success. Your first handful of successes are going to be getting on your first coaching call and feeling all the things that come up with that and celebrating that. Then it's going to be signing your first paying client and feeling all the things that come up with that and so on and so forth. It's micro over and over and over again. What's coming up? I feel like I need this Instagram presence and all these posts. And this is my uh, favorite example. Have you seen Steve Hardison on Instagram? No. You should go look him up after we're done. He charges 200 grand a year to work with him one on one. People fly from all over the world to his house to be coached by this man, and his Instagram is awful. It's like him with garbage cans and turtles. And like, Anna, you follow him. Anna knows. <laughs> what? But I always go back to it because I'm like, if you want to be a coach, there are a bajillion ways to do it. This is one of them. He makes millions of dollars as a one-on-one coach and his Instagram is awful. There you go. Well, well, and I love that because Instagram is not something that I'm super passionate about. So and you don't need to be. But I think that's where my brain gets hung up is like 
Anna posts all this cool stuff. She does all these videos, all like inspiring things. And I'm like, well, I'm not like Anna. So, <laughs> and even you, Amber, like, anyway, I do not, yeah, don't weaponize anyone in this group against yeah. yourselves. You can use me as a tool, as inspiration, but like, I forbid you <laughs> to weaponize <laughs> me against yourself. That's not what this is for. This is Steve Hardison's Instagram, also, just so that, I mean, it's just like, Terrible. He charges two hundred thousand dollars to work with him one on one, and he has a wait list for like twelve months. Okay. I use that as an example of like it doesn't have to look a certain way. Doesn't have to be flashy. It needs to have substance. And Are you a flashy person? I'm not really. No, look at me. Me neither. Like I almost wore a little hat that had a little smiley face on it. Maybe tomorrow. But like that works for me because that's who I really am who you are i really want you to hear this it's might might make me cry because i feel it for you <laughs> who you already are is enough you yeah. don't have to change to get what you want you just have to let people see who you already are that's gonna be my mantra for the week or my life your life you have really good ideas i've talked to you I know. You always do this like self-deprecating humor where you're like, oh, but I'm like so old or my hair or whatever. But like you have really profound ideas for people. And because who you are is already enough, it's literally just like instead of hiding it, you're just making it more available. It's like putting up the open sign. That doesn't have to be Instagram. It could be a circle of friends. But like, hey, I'm doing this coaching thing. If you know anyone that would like to try this, send them my way. When my brain starts to make things complicated, I know I'm just acting in fear. I'm using fear as like a distraction with complexity. Because one of the most simple things you all could do right now is send a message to someone that you've been thinking about and being like, I can't stop thinking about you. I know that this seems random. I would love to work with you. And if now's not the right time, that's okay. I just wanted you to know that I was thinking about you and I would love to coach you. That is really bold, but it's really simple. When your brain starts to go into complexity, come back to simple. So I'm going to challenge you. Were you there when I challenged Lindsay Daniel? Yes, it was so good. And she did it and she got a client. It's amazing what happens when you take a tiny action in faith. Faith feels like crap. And most people forget that. So they think that it's wrong. <laughs> but for you, it's going to be something like typing it. It doesn't even have to be you talking. I use type to text all the time. It works for me. Because sometimes I'm like on my couch or sometimes I'm in my pajamas. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to type it. So type it out and be like, I'm opening up two spots for coaching with me. And you get to pick the days and the times because you're a busy woman. So pick a day and time that feel good to you to offer and put it out. This is the secret that I wish more people knew. Expect that no one will respond. That's okay. Then after 24 hours goes by, you might share something else. Maybe it's a picture of you or something. Don't forget, I have two spots for coaching at blank and blank. You know, if you've never experienced coaching before, this is a little bit of what it is. DM me to claim your spot and do it until those two spots are claimed and then actually coach. But what Instagram do I use? Put it on both of your Instagrams. Sorry, I'm just seeing the chat. Does he have other ways to promote himself? No, now it's just word of mouth. So he, I'm thinking that you're talking about Steve Hardison. So he like coached Steve Chandler. He coached Rich Lidvin. He coached Oprah's life coach. Like he coaches high level and now they kind of like promote. And now it's all word of mouth. His book is The Ultimate Coach. His wife wrote it about him. The beginning's like his story and it's okay, but I really like 
the document, creation. There's a lot of chapters that like I go back to because they're really good. Anyway, there's some great content when my brain is trying to make things complicated. I know I'm in fear. When your brain starts to go to complexity, come back to simple. I'm feeling this right now on my virtual web setup. Yeah. Keep it simple for all okay. of you guys. Thank you all for being coached today. It was awesome. Tomorrow is an Ask Me Anything or Open Coaching. Because we won't have a call next Monday, I'll be out of town. So we're doing the call tomorrow for just like anything. It can be deep, can be content related again. It can be brainstorming. It doesn't really matter. It's just like, I'm going to be here for you for that hour. So I'll see you tomorrow. You'll get email reminders as well. And then this will be uploaded in the members area. So I'll talk to you guys tomorrow if you're going to come. And if not, I'll see you the next time. Okay. Hey.